Welcome to Press Play and Surrender. I'm your host, Owen McQuinn, and I'm an Irish filmmaker and actor. This is my chance to speak to artists of all kinds, as well as industry players, from up-and-comers to established talent. It's a space for in-depth conversation, where personal insights and unexpected tangents are very much encouraged. You're listening to Press Play and Surrender. My guest today is Rosie O'Mahony. Rosie is a fine artist and actor from Northern Ireland. She has appeared in Sky Arts Portrait Artist of the Year and is currently training as an actor at Bow Street Academy in Dublin. It was a pleasure to sit down and chat with Rosie today. She offers real insight into her artistic practice, laced with her keen sense of humour. So here's my chat with Rosie O'Mahony. Hello, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. I'm just, you know, good. at home, uh, sweating in this heat. It's good though. Yeah, um, it's lovely to see you. Thank you for agreeing to do the podcast. Thank you. Um, so I guess we should talk about how we know each other a little bit. Uh, you were at my 30th birthday party and you didn't even, I didn't know you, you didn't know me, <laughs> you were there with the colleagues of ours from this art house cinema where we were both working but um it yeah. was kind of a funny way to meet <laughs> yeah you had absolutely no idea who I was and I had just I had just started at the IFI and um I think I was probably looking for a party um <laughs> yeah and um yeah and it was your 30th and uh yeah I came up to you and said hello and said happy birthday and you just looked at me like who the hell is this right i was scared i i <laughs> have been told you were a bit of a character and i didn't know what being a character is code for but um what what is it code for i don't know i don't know eccentric perhaps an artist mm. which is what you are um mm-hmm. but we really didn't end up working that much together because soon after that covid hit and then mm-hmm you know maybe we met up a couple of times for coffees in person and then we worked together again when the place reopened but for a very brief yeah. period like but somehow we've managed to forge a friendship of sorts in the past say three that years what this is? yeah well it's a business transaction really I didn't want to say but it is right it could be either <laughs> Um, but I, I guess this is kind of a fun way. This podcast is a fun way of me kind of learning more about people in my life that I, you know, maybe their background. So tell me a little bit about mm. where you grew up and what your parents did and your first interest in art. Mm. Well, I'm actually in my teenage bedroom right now. Um, mom and dad are away in the South of France. I hate them. Um, but my, so really art has been ever present in my life from the beginning full stop you know my mom um is an artist of all types um you know she like she's made she made this quilt you know she like I could show you around my house and I could point at most things and say oh yeah she made that you know as as an artist myself she is my biggest competition and uh you know I love her but I hate her you know um (laughs) but and then my dad who who is um, who trained as an acupuncturist and is still pra- a practicing acupuncturist? Also, is a photographer and um, does leather work. Makes amazing handbag. Like it's you know, right. 
my family are just completely um yeah maybe eccentric is the word but just you know have um have have the ability to kind of try to handle anything and do do it really well um right. so and i think growing up in that um just gave me the ultimate freedom to explore whatever it was that i wanted to do you know right so it wasn't like they were in a completely different kind of traditional profession like it was in the family it was in your blood the kind of crafts the different crafts i mean imagine i had chosen to be a doctor they would have disowned me they wouldn't have known they what probably to do. would have <laughs> so have you been practicing art and painting and drawing from a very young age or was it something that developed later honestly it was it was from the very beginning i mean i don't really remember a time i wasn't that into reading i wasn't that into i don't know i didn't have that Sports. many friends growing up <laughs> and this is not a sad story it's just i really loved the freedom of growing up in the countryside and you know taking my my paper and pens and all the stationery i would beg my parents for and all the you know everything <laughs> um and yeah, I mean, I have a book of like my very earliest drawings, which are, you know, hilariously terrible. But I, you know, it's, it was, it was always something I, I had, and always something that was encouraged for me to do. You know. What was school like for you then? If you didn't have many friends, did that continue in your teenage years? <laughs> Is this therapy now? Um, it could be. <laughs> um, school. School was really interesting for me because I'm from Northern Ireland. That's where I grew up. And um, it was somewhere that was kind of hard to navigate, probably, well, you know, for me, but also for my parents, I think, because my dad is from Limerick. My mother is German and they moved up here, you know, kind of at the peak of the troubles. Um, don't ask me why. I don't know, you know. Um, right. So, you know, going to going to school um was was hard you know I'm an only child I didn't have siblings to kind of fall back on and so for me yeah my safety and my my safety net and something I always had was my art you know it was and it was the art room you know in my teenage years um I I I moved schools quite a lot but in my teenage years I eventually ended up in this fabulous school um called the integrated um oh my integrated something secondary school I guess Mm -hmm. um but for my a-levels we had a designated art room that was only for a-level students and that just became my safe haven um <laughs> and I would just spend all my time there and I guess that's where I really that's where my my love for art and also filmmaking was really nurtured and um understood and you know, I was given space to really explore those things that I loved because um, I ended up studying English literature. So I did A-levels, so it was three subjects. So I did English literature, um, moving image, which was filmmaking, and then art, obviously. Um, so I really went through my school years um, with with all those loves, you know, ever present, but eventually getting to the point where it could be something that, you know, was celebrated. 
And did you then feel a sense of security or purpose knowing that you would probably go on to art school like probably a lot of your peers didn't know what they wanted to do? Yeah, for me, I don't know. I I, I think there's a terrible pressure on children because you are a child when, you, when you're doing your leaving cert or A-levels to really know what you want to do. I was very lucky. I'm from an artistic background, so it made sense to me. I mean, I didn't really give it a second thought. It was just like, well, I guess I'm, you know, kind of good at this thing. So I'll do this thing, you know, um, and, and I, and I took it from there, you know, I mean, I, I really loved, uh, moving image, um, the course that I did in moving image. So it was either going to be film school or, um, art school, you know, and it just, okay. you know, I was just slightly better at the art route than I was, um, at Final Cut Pro, <laughs> you know. Wow, I didn't realize that that you were that close to going to film school or that you studied moving image. Um, and did you have kind of favorite classical artists growing up then, or as a teenager when you went to galleries? Like, who stood out to you? I knew you'd ask me this, and I am really bad. Uh, with I hope names. you prepared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of my favorite artists and musicians and early influences all come from my parents so you know one of my um mutually one of my favorite artists that my mother loves also is Gustav Klimt um you know which inspired you know this in the background here you know it's um so I loved I loved a lot of that kind of work and anything figurative I wasn't as attracted to um I wasn't as attracted to abstraction as I was sort of more classical, more, I don't know. I mean, probably just more easy to understand when you're really young. I mean, you can't look at, you know, abstraction and think, think past just the colors that you see, you know? I mean, any, any of the, any of the old masters, I mean, with my work, um, I'll always reference, um, you know, I mean, Rembrandt, I mean, his use of, of light and dark and, you know, Caravaggio and, you know, masters of light and masters of composition is so important to me and also important in the things that I love in cinema. You know, I mean, my, my inspirations from my paintings always, you know, one informs the other always for me. Um, and again, I mean, you know, you can talk to me about artists that inspire me, but, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's a multitude of things. And, and for me now, what probably inspires my work and informs it more than the old masters or the research that I do on artists from before is probably cinema, you know, um, that's, that's kind of what's directly feeding into my work now and kind of has since, since I started studying filmmaking and understanding that and understanding that world, you know, so not sure if that answers um, your question no, well, it, but <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Like where, when did you think you finally, got that feeling that I could possibly do this like I've seen some of your work it's extremely impressive it could have been painted 200 years ago and people still talk about it I mean maybe that's like a huge exaggeration but I think you know it has that classical quality so when did you realize that you would be capable of kind of imitating or perpetuating that kind of quality I think that's something I think 
that's a really good question because I don't think you ever really realize, yeah, okay, I've got this and I know, but you know, there's no, I don't think it's an alchemy. I don't think it's a, I don't think there's a particular sort of equation that you can come to on a product and think, yeah, I know exactly how to do this. It's, I think, I think getting good at something and something like a painting that I've done, it's just being obsessive and, and putting everything that you have into it and probably losing your mind a good a good few times while doing that and um a good deal of stubbornness you know um any of the stuff that I'm very happy with I've probably given up on four or five times and eventually got there and like what then in college though you didn't actually do fine art did you you did um, so I did yeah. find I did find art, but it wasn't painting. It was printmaking. Right. Um, so it was under the fine art thing. <laughs> um, but it was printmaking um, with, uh, and I specialized in intaglio printmaking, which is a very old form um, of essentially reproducing an image using metal plates. I won't go into the details because it's very confusing and I'm sure very boring for everyone else to listen to. Um, but it's actually what my mother studied in art college as well. So, um, you know, and, and for me, it also, whilst I always loved painting and that will always be my first love, um, I always love knowing more about other things so they can feed into one another again about, you know, all, all of the arts inspire all of the arts that I'm involved in you know so uh, I think sure. doing printmaking just gave me another vessel to um, explore my own ideas in another medium. I think that's why I love film so much is it does encompass so many different art forms like in terms of composition, mm -hmm. lighting, performance, like acting, music, mm -hmm. like to have all of that create a fully immersive I'm sure that's kind of why film appeals to you as well. Like, do you have ambitions Absolutely. to to possibly make films yourself? I do. I mean, like I said, when I when I studied um, film in school, we had to. Our final piece was we had to do a three minute short film, which I'm sure to everyone's like that's nothing, you know. But to 17 year old me that was a long time and that was a lot of editing and I really loved it I really loved it and I love the freedom of exploration because you're your own everything you know you you hold the reins and that's such I mean that's kind of ultimate creative freedom I think you know um and you also get to boss your friends around whoever agrees to help you out with I do love that part right <laughs> but of course that's something that I you know will always appeal to me and will always be something that you know I, I'll be interested in definitely yeah um and then after college then did you how did you get back into painting uh did you start pretty soon after or was it in the last maybe three or four years yeah so I so I graduated from um NCAD in 2018 and I think after being in full-time education pretty much my whole life until I graduated, um, I think I was a bit disillusioned with the art world and with, with the art world as a whole everywhere. Um, I ended up working in a gallery, a wonderful gallery called the Printmakers Gallery, which is no more, but um, I worked there for over a year and then ended up 
I don't know what I was doing. There's there's a year lost there somewhere, but um, <laughs> I think we all I, have I at pretty, least one year in our twenties. There's a lost year somewhere there. <clears throat> I was still in my early twenties, um, but I think I just I wanted to. Everyone, you know, was like, "Oh, you're an artist. You should be working on, you know, all your great ideas." It's like, you know, what? I have no ideas. I have nothing. I have nothing. I don't want to do anything. I don't know about it. And I do think that every artist, you know across the board will we'll, we'll come to this you know a few times if not many times in their life where you just hit a wall and you're thinking no I just I have nothing to I'm not excited about anything you know and I, and I wasn't it was just um uh I don't know maybe I was a bit depressed <laughs> but um you cannot force it though you really can't no. like if you don't have inspiration nothing good is going to come and you might as well focus on something completely non-creative because it's just gonna it's not gonna work like um yeah Yeah, I very much focused on going yeah um so then tell me about your process now you've kind of done done a few kind of not large scale but like significant paintings in the last few years like trust me they're large scale you've not seen them in person (laughs) Okay, okay Well, how do you, I mean, how does one learn even how to underpaint, for example? Like, how, how do you do that? Or were you taught that in school or? Well, really, <clears throat> all of my painting and all of what I know is self-taught by magpieing different things that I've seen other people do or, you know, various types of researching or um so you know I I learned from from seeing and again the stubbornness in in needing to know how to do something that I love you know if I if I love a piece I want to know how to do that I want to know how how they got the light how they got the colors how they got the soft sheen on fabric you know I, I like I need I get obsessive so I figure out how to how to get there I think to figure out how to do or how to paint really is just looking and really looking at something you know not looking at sounds really pretentious but just looking at a color and let's say I look at a blue and I'm like okay that's blue but you know there's you look at the light on it and there's there's like maybe like a yellow tone in the light on the blue I don't know if this is even answering what what you're asking but it's how to figure out how to do an underpainting like you gave, for example. Um, look at how the old masters did it, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and work from there. You know, look at the examples that have been given and and figure it out, you know. I'd imagine there's like hundreds of hours of just trial and error and experimentation that everyone has to go through, like. Yeah, you, you, you're not, yeah. like people, you know, people are like, oh, you've been given such a gift to be good at art. It's like, no, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to show you my early stuff. <laughs> right. I curate what I show you. Um, yes. And it's, it is something that, it's it's a craft, it's something that you work, you know, people go to the gym and you get fit, you know, I mean, you don't wake up with a good body. I mean, I don't, but. Uh... <laughs> I mean, usually, I mean, it's like writing, I suppose. It's, you, you could do a lot of really bad work that you don't show anyone or that you think at the time is good work and then it doesn't get anywhere. But... Or the opposite. Sometimes you think it's really bad and then you come back to it 
after a while and you think, yeah. oh, that was actually, yeah. But I also think growth, artistic growth can be exponential. Like you can be kind of mediocre for a long time and then suddenly something clicks and you come out with something a lot better. Uh, do you find that with painting as well? I do. I definitely do. I think, I think you can work and work and work on something and you're, you're hitting wall after wall after wall. And then, so it's, some, it's, I think sometimes when you just stop caring, you know, you just like, it's, it is what it is and whatever. And then, you know, then it clicks and then, you know, then you crack it and then you're like, wow. Okay. And it really is just perseverance a lot of the time and not, and not falling out with your craft. Right. Um, we were chatting outside in the terrace over wine a few weeks ago, and you mentioned <laughs> COVID and how mm. that really affected you, or it affected mm. a lot of people, obviously, but how we don't talk about It affected me the most, that. okay? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't talk about the impact, but how did it affect mm. you? And did it have a role to play in your recent output in your artwork definitely um I mean I had to move home <laughs> you know along with so many people I had to move home and I think a lot of us were stripped back to well you know hate and dramatic but kind of nothingness you know we didn't have I mean I could distract myself with with gigs and you know socializing until the end of time and managed to get no work done and feel just fine about it. But then, you know, COVID hit and you are just left with with yourself, you know. And and I think, you know, above all of the self-reflection uh, that, you know, we all were forced to do, um, in that I, I sort of, I realised what I, what I could do without anyone else's help and what I could do to also, also to, um, I don't know, to be recognized for something. I felt very sort of, I felt very kind of lost. <laughs> I just felt lost, okay. Um, but, you know, I mean, you're kind of, you're in this void of, of, of pandemic and you don't have a job to go to every day. You have no way of, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a money-making thing. Um, I mean, it always kind of is, but you know, it wasn't, that's not where I was coming from. It was, I don't have anything to look forward to and I have nothing to celebrate and I don't know what to do. So, you know, what, what did I always have, you know, and it, and it was, and it was art, you know? So then after a while, I, you know, all of the, all of the canvases I had, you know, stored in the attic from years ago that I, you know, bought with such, with such uh, great hope um of painting on you know came down from the attic and and I and and I and I got back I really got back into it and I really really loved it again you know and and it was I mean that was 2018 2020 that was four years of you know really I mean always always you know loving art and being attracted to art but not creating myself and I think um it just it was it was a freedom you know it was a freedom yeah um I think a lot of us had to confront ourselves in that time like <laughs> I definitely did some writing I did an MA during the um exactly, pandemic yeah. 
wrote a feature film script, which I'd never done before. So I can totally understand, like, it was probably just a matter of time before those canvases found their way out of the attic again. But you needed that space to do that. Mm -hmm. And I also think that that the way that we, we, we were taken away from, you know, a society that was so job money driven gave us all kind of a space and a time to to explore that you know I mean how many people took up crafts or I don't know candle making during the pandemic you right. know something you would never making do and banana you just bread. suddenly banana bread yeah I still do that <laughs> so um yeah well it clearly started to make a change for you I mean you were selected to be on Sky Arts Portrait Artist of the Year right um that's pretty impressive yeah. what was that experience like that was such a fabulous experience. It was something that I, it was something that from way back when I was doing my GCSE art, you know, when I really first kind of got into taking paints seriously, seriously, um, that I watched for inspiration and um, and I loved. I just loved seeing. It's so wonderful to to, to see a show or anything that celebrates such um, diversity and you know, difference, diversity and difference in technique and, and style and, you know, people, personalities, you know, you, I just, that's what I loved about it. And I found that very inspiring. So I watched it and watched it all over the years, um, was always too petrified to, um, to, to apply. And then, and then I, and then I moved to London, <laughs> um, which, which of was, course you did. Uh, uh, sort of, yeah, I just, you know, panicked and I was like, yeah, I got, I got to go, got to go. Um, so I was in London and, um, I, it was January of 20, oh God, I can't remember January 2021, was it? No, January 2022, what was last year? 22, right, okay, on track. And, um, and I, and I realised that the deadline for the show was coming up and, um, and, uh, you have to submit with a self-portrait and, I don't know. I don't know about about you or anyone else, but I find self portraits quite difficult because you're doing a lot of again self reflection, and you know that's that's a lot. You know, does my nose really look like okay? That's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was it was yeah it was January and January is just generally a terrible month for everyone, and um, even more terrible for me um, because I was heartbroken because you know boys. Um, so naturally I was like, right, well, I'm going to paint the most fantastic self-portrait you've ever seen. And he's going to love me again. <laughs> he didn't. Um, but it did get me into <laughs> Sky Arts Portrait Artist of the Year. Um, and, uh, yeah. I loved watching, it was, it was... I loved watching you on that show. You were so incredibly witty <laughs> and funny and like, but also like insightful and like, uh, and you also really? were selected from like the three paintings of the person was sitting for you. You were selected as the best mm-hmm. one or the favorite. Yeah, my sitter chose my piece to take home with her, which was you know so lovely, and and uh, it was just such a such um, it was just very flattering. You know, yeah. felt felt great because I, you know, when you're in the when you're in the thick of it, you're like, I'm doing terribly. This is right. awful. Uh, you know, you have six cameras on you, and they're asking you questions, and you're like, yeah, "I don't know pressure. how to paint." 
stop asking me because I don't even know how to paint right now. You know, I don't know my name. I don't what, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I loved so. watching it. Um, and then apart from that, you've decided this year to go back to education and learn or train in acting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going? Real wild card there. Uh, it's going brilliantly. I'm really, I'm just, I'm loving it so much. It's, it's something that I've always wanted to do. And I guess doing, doing portrait artist was part of um, the realization that, you know, well, what's stopping me in, in trying that out, you know, and if I can, yeah. if I can function at least moderately with, with all those cameras, then you know, I may as well give it a try. And so it's um it's a part time um course um in TV and film acting at Bow Street in yeah. Dublin. And um it's a fantastic course because as someone that has very minimal um experience in acting, um because I have the, the sort of previous knowledge of cinema and filmmaking from you know school and everything else it all it all makes sense to me you know and 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 uh and also it's also a very nurturing place that you know they're really <laughs> you know they're, they're being very easy on me for uh for my lack of um my lack of knowledge in certain areas you know and it's just very very um informative you know yeah as a filmmaker myself, I actually really appreciate when an actor understands the whole process of storytelling and cares about the finished product, cares about the overall, like they see themselves as part of a jigsaw puzzle instead <clears throat> of like, you know, the only reason that we're filming anything, like they care about the writing. And so you as someone who appreciates film um, probably bring that. What I'm saying is I want to cast think- you in something. <laughs> fabulous thank you make me a star <laughs> but no I do think that that's but I think and also that's something that they really do teach you you know and and, and sort of you know excuse me for example last week we were working on um creating our own characters you know which I find so fun because I don't know about you but I like doing that day to day anyway you know <laughs> yeah um, do you feel like you channel different people at different times and different situations um, I think I do that all day, every day. I, I don't know how many accents I've probably done while talking to you. I don't <laughs> want to know, really. I don't know. I mean, I got it. So I'm I'm at home in Oma, County Tyrone right now. And I got in a taxi earlier and he said, so are you American? Like, no, I, I, I grew up here. <laughs> It's like, yes. but no, but when did you move? And I'm like, no, 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 I, <laughs> I, I, like, I'm born, like, this is my home. And he's like, no, but like, he wasn't getting it. Yeah, I <laughs> so get eventually the same I just, thing. I just told him, yeah, it's just, you know, I don't know. But, uh, it's, it, you know, it gives me an advantage. Of, yeah, I, I have. And, and you have. And I think that just sort of feeds in. I don't know. And I didn't yeah. have any friends growing up. And I just, no, I'm joking. Um, I mean, I did. <laughs> imaginary no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> Who needs real but friends? no I think I think that it's <laughs> you're my only friend Owen okay I'm glad we found each other I love um, and I want to know then okay this is kind of a terrible interview question but where do you see yourself in five years 
can't believe you're doing this. <laughs> I cannot believe you're doing this. Okay. Okay, so what's five years from now? No, 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 I'll answer it. I will answer it okay. because um, I, it's just, I, I find those kind of questions from anyone very difficult to answer at any stage in my life because, I mean, especially now after we had like, I don't know, two years of nothingness, um, the uncertainty of, of everything is, uh, I think, very much scarred um, in in my brain. I don't know about anyone else's, but, you know, and that's sort of, and I think that's also then feeding into why I wanted to do the course that I'm doing now is just the urgency of, well, I can do that now, so I'm going to do it, you know, and and um, and enjoy that. So five years from now, I just hope to be better at the things that I'm passionate about now and, you know, working in those fields and being able to, you know, really boring stuff, I'd be able to support myself in, in, in yeah. that way and, and enjoy it and, you know, not fall out of love with those things you know I think that's a good aspiration to have okay? yeah no I think <laughs> it's really no sorry no 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 I will be very famous I'm gonna be extremely famous at red carpet no not red carpets I don't know whatever color carpets but carpets wearing finest gowns um and uh I don't know what crush I'll have or what obsession I'll have but whatever actor musician it is uh will be on my arm currently it's Pedro Pascal so in five years time me and Pedro on the on the red carpet yeah that's, that's the answer I wanted now. thank you yeah just so you know okay that's the truth well the first one was a lie yeah the first one was just you being modest <laughs> it was <laughs> okay listen I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today I uh, really appreciate Thank it. I you. hope we can have a glass of wine together again very soon. And very soon. have a lovely day. It's great Thank to talk you. to you. So that was my chat with Rosie Omani. I was delighted to have her on the show and I look forward to seeing where her multifaceted career takes her next. This has been Press Play and Surrender. Thank you for listening and please consider subscribing wherever you find your podcasts.